Good morning and welcome to episode 30 of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you for being here today. If you are a graphic designer, an illustrator, an art director, the Quickie Podcast wants to hear from you. We are actively looking for guests for upcoming episodes, so please head over to thequickiepodcast.com, fill out a little form there, which will send us some information about you, and we will get in touch and possibly line up an interview with you, have you on the show. Looking forward to chatting. Now today, my guest is the Jigga Man, Hove, the man himself, Sean Carter. Sean Carter, everybody. The principal and design director at Carter Hills Design Lab in Vancouver, BC. Who did you think I was talking about? I really enjoyed chatting with Sean here. He shares a lot of information from both the agency owner side, but also the graphic design and creative side. Um, I also really enjoyed the story that he shared about his mom's friend who used to be a graphic designer and would hand paint sale signs for inside uh, grocery stores, you know, like beef, 99 cents and things like that. Um, and Sean was asked if he wanted to be a graphic designer around that time. And his first thought was, I don't want to paint beef sale signs. No, thanks. I really enjoyed my conversation with Sean, and I know you'll like this one too. So let's get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Carter from Carter Hills Design Lab. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Sean, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. You ready for the Quickie? Yes. Awesome. Well, let's start with the toughest question first. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Uh, I am a graphic designer, and I've been doing it for 30 years. My mom doesn't know what that means. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I, I absolutely love love it in every way, shape, and form. Yeah. Even if my mom doesn't know what graphic design is. <laughs> awesome and what about uh family life do you have kids yourself do you i do yeah i'm married i've got two uh two daughters that uh my youngest is graduating high school and my eldest is in a couple couple years in in college and um both completely different kids but yeah for sure wow you're in that next life stage my three kids are seven nine and eleven so i've got a you got a few more years on me Oh, it's fantastic! It means I'm 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 traveling more. I'm drinking more. I'm uh, uh, yeah, I think more fun for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I got plans. Got lots of plans. So with and without the kids, for sure. Yeah, there you yeah. go. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So then I want to talk about your childhood. What was your childhood like? And do you feel that you had a creative childhood? And if you did, what made it so? Hmm. Yeah, very creative childhood. I, I had an abstract childhood. I I. Uh, uh, I was a dumpster diver. Um, my brother and I would uh, go through stuff because we didn't have much at home. It was uh, uh, so I'm I'm I, I don't want to, I'm 49 
years old, I've moved 47 times. And neither parent were in the Army. So you do that. Yeah. Um, and most of the, and so I was in, I think, 17 elementary schools. I had this really abstract childhood, but absolutely creativity was, was fundamental to, to that um, for me. And, um, and being, having to survive, you also learn an entrepreneurial way, for sure. So, yes, the answer is yes. Very entrepreneurial, very, very creative childhood. So then take us back to when you first started noticing design out in the world. What did you start seeing? I had no idea what graphic design was until my mom introduced me to a friend that was a graphic designer. And, um, and, and, and I laugh now because uh, her job as a graphic designer was to paint the big, large sheets of white paper that would hang in Safeways and Super Values of the World that would say, like, beef, 99 cents a pound. Yeah. Um, and, and like this beautiful sort of big, thick brushwork. And that was what uh, she did. And, um, and my mom said, because I was, I was drawing all the time that I should be a graphic designer. And, but I didn't want to paint 99 cents a pound, uh, <laughs> posters. And so I said, no, thanks mom. I'll, I'll I'd rather be a professional soccer player. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so, uh, so I, I got into it late. Yeah. In fact, um, I wanted to be a professional photographer. So I spent from like 12 years old, I, I managed to find a secondhand darkroom kit, just black and white stuff, set up a thing in, in, uh, in our basement. Um, and, and I had a small little Nikon FG camera and I just wanted to be a professional photographer. And so I, every, I spent all my time with a camera and the, in the dark room. Um, and then I determined that I was going to go to the, the top photography college, a program in the college, uh, in Vancouver at the time upon graduation. And, um, I, I, I go to sign up at the program and they, and they, uh, tell me that I didn't have chemistry 12 to get in. And I, Chemistry 12. Chemistry 12. I needed Chem 12 to get into photography. <laughs> and so, so, uh, but my mom was standing behind me and she was not going to let me not enroll in college. Like yeah. that was like, it was one of those career nights. Okay. And, and so I, I was sort of walking away from the table and she said, Sean, you go back there and you sign up for something. I don't care what it is. You sign up for something. So I go back to the table and, and I said, what else do you got? <laughs> and they said, well, we have this uh, graphic design, tier design, visual presentation, visual presentations like the store window display stuff back okay. in the day. And it's sort of a hybrid. It's called art and merchandising. And we got that. And I said, okay, fine. Just to get my mom off my back. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I said, yeah, let's do that. I'll sign up for that. Uh, but I had to put a portfolio together in the summer to, to interview. So I spent uh, some time putting together a portfolio and that was my journey into uh, into in, uh, so I sort of took it as a backup. It's not really what I wanted to do, uh, yeah. but it's a backup, and here we are. Yeah, <laughs> here so, you are, thirty some odd years later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah. the, this next question, I'll let you answer either from the design side and your history there, or being the principal of a design agency. Um, what is something you wish you knew when you first started out? Oh, to be super clear, I knew nothing. Um, I, in fact, even my college program, they didn't teach, they didn't have a class on typography. So I'm completely, I feel like I'm a self-taught graphic designer. Yep. There's no brand strategy classes. There's nothing. It was like, so I, I feel like I knew nothing when I started out. In fact, I, um, I won an award out of college it was Salazar award. And I, 
I thought, hey, this is it. Like, uh, this is like, I, like uh, people are going to be knocking on my door to hire me. <laughs> uh, uh, I heard crickets. Uh, no one cared. No one noticed. Um, and uh, and I got, I took a really sort of crappy job uh, in a screen printing t-shirt screen printing company. It was yeah. really, really, really bad. But since no one would hire me, I eventually just freelanced. And, you know, by the time I was 21, 22, I was self-employed, knew nothing, and figured it out as I went along. Yeah. So, and if no one's ever, no design firm has ever hired me. It's like I'm at least. <laughs> so hireable. nobody would hire you. You had to start nope. your own. Yeah. Yeah. And I sent all <laughs> kinds of amazing self-promos. Uh, I, I, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was just a matter of time before, you know, Pentagram came calling and said, yeah. Don, come work for us. Uh, it never happened, so I just had to do it my own way. Yeah. Gotcha. So um, I want to know about what's been the most influential design of your life so far, either something you've seen or something you've been a part of. Hmm. Well, when I think of the thing, so when I talk about bringing back my mom into the conversation, the only thing my mom knows I've done is the logo for YVR. So every okay. time she goes to the airport, picks up a friend or something, she says, my son designed that logo. Oh, so, proud mom. So, so it's about my mom. And so if that's what she knows. That's absolutely, obviously the most important thing that I've done. Um, but, uh, you know, when you actually really talk about influential design, you, you can't, you can't overlook the, 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 the Mac, you just can't overlook it and you can't overlook the Adobe suite. Um, it's fundamental. And, and I started at a time where I was on stat cameras and, um, and paste up and, and Ruby lift and all the old school uh, and, and would specify type and send it out and come back looking nothing like you hoped it would look like. <laughs> yeah. um, and so that's where I started. And then, you know, early, early on, I, I got a little yeah. Mac classic. I started to learn, you know, type styler and all these, and it, it, all this 2.0, I remember, PageMaker. Um, and so I started to learn the different, so it was able to actually, uh, it would work almost as fast as I was able to think. Mm -hmm. um, whereas the old ways, I, would, I, I wasn't that great of an illustrator or great of a drawer or, you know, a, you know yeah. cutting ruby lit. Like, you would take hours to come up with a concept. And yeah. even then it wasn't quite right because my, my hand skills didn't, manage or mesh with what I was able to think of. And so, so with the computer, it totally changed, changed everything for me. So that's absolutely the most influential design piece I've ever been involved with or seen or known of. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a great <laughs> answer. The only thing I remember from the Mac classic was Oregon trail. Mm. Playing the yes. Oregon trail game in elementary school. Okay. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, <laughs> it had a screen like, like, this big and it was black and white and it took about 10 minutes to boot up. Yeah. yeah I feel best. like my cell phone right now has a bigger screen than it had. It probably does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. So in your yeah. creative career, do you run into creative blocks or design blocks and how do you get past them? Uh, I think every project starts off with a block. You have no idea where you're going to end up. Mm -hmm. And so, so it's about working through it. I don't think of them as blocks. Like I don't think of them as a classic writer, you know, sitting and crumpling up paper, tossing out, you know, hundreds of pieces of paper because he can't think of what to write. To start, so, like, yeah, no, there's always, uh, there's always a place to start and, and certainly you never end up where you start. And that's part of the process. And there are times when, you know, I might be really like, 
uh, frustrated with myself because what I'm producing is total garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, I'm very familiar with that feeling. Um, but, but eventually, uh, eventually, I, so I don't think of it as a block. It's just part of the process of not know, knowing, not knowing is absolutely part of the process. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So, Always start yeah. out not knowing. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. So what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? I, I think it's, I think it's always challenging. I don't think it's never been, I don't think it's, how can I say that? A double negative. It's never not been challenging. Mm-hmm. So whether it's starting off and learning to, you know, managing a team and in, in, in deeper client expectations. And um, I don't think I've ever had a day where it's so easy that I can mail it in. It's never happened. So, um, and I think that's why I love it so much it's because the learning curve is still steep after all these years there's there's still far more that i don't know than what i do know and mm-hmm. and so the challenge yeah it's, that's why i love it though yeah so every day coming in it's just part of the journey you know there's going to be something new and you just brace yourself and expect it yep 100 percent. yeah I, I i have no idea what i'm walking into today and i don't even know if i'm going to be able to solve it when it approaches but inevitably um yeah, you figure it out. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. So I'm interested in your answer for this next question, you know, being in the agency owner principal seat. Um, has social media changed graphic design and the process of design? And do you feel that that's beneficial or harmful? Oh, I don't think it's changed. Well, I don't know if it's changed others' processes for design. It hasn't changed ours. Uh-huh. Um, it certainly changes where and how our work is seen um and in that i think that's that's that cannot be overlooked it cannot be overlooked that um regardless of who we're designing for most of those people spend time on social media and so so whether that be if you're designing a package that's going to end up in a grocery store aisle and they may not be in social media at that time chances are couple hours before they might have been um and will that influence their purchase so so yeah social media does change a lot but it doesn't change how we design it doesn't change the unknown when we start to the uh figuring out the research and and cracking that creative strategy to the end so so yeah it's it's another it's another thing we have to be aware aware of um so you but, could basically say it's another tool in the toolbox for either research or a product launch or brand launch. Yeah, it's, it's another it's another pylon to avoid and to be wary of and to be looking at and to it's a marker that you have to be aware of. Um, yeah, yeah, it exists and it exists in a very, very, very real way because the amount of time we spend on. Uh, on our phones and on our computers and in, in these environments. So yeah, it impacts, it impacts the mindset of our the consumer and, and our clients, clients. So for sure. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so who is a designer or brand that you look up to or closely follow and what is it about them that you like? Mm. There are hundreds of designers that I, uh, I wish I could be like, uh, <laughs> and as good as, um, and I, I, I don't think I, I it would be, uh, I, I could go on and on and on. I, I do want to say that um, uh, I find that I still love reading really beautiful magazines that are well-considered, well-designed. I love the grid of magazines. So I find a lot of, uh, 
uh, a lot of um, yeah, a lot of inspiration within pages that are completely unrelated to design. But I, you know, I think of Monocle magazine as just being uh, just being just really well considered. I, I I do get inspired when I look at those pages for sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. involved in the commercial print industry. Uh, yeah, most of the days during the week. And so it's good hearing that, that, you know, people, you know, in positions like yours are still looking for publications and to get something tangible. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Like the physicality of, of like literature, it's, it's so much more, it's more experiential than actually reading something on screen. So yes. yeah. Yeah. So I know I told you that I used to cut rebulets, so I have a natural bias towards print. Um, but I also just love the smell of ink on paper. It's oh, just not my wife makes me the, crazy when yeah. I smell the mail. Yeah, I know. Right. I know it's, uh, yeah, my kids don't get that. Uh, but I, I, there's something that you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't replace that. Yeah. yeah. Definitely mm. not. Mm. So in uh, how do you then gauge if your designs are resonating with your clients and with your clients' intended audiences? Mm. Well, I think it's pretty hard. So, so one is, you know, um, uh, depending on the project, there are many projects where we we're sort of look to see what are we measuring success? What is a measurement of success? And, and more often than not, it's either more, you know, a greater audience, increased sales, um, some, some real measurable thing. Um, typically, uh, over a given period of time, you can figure out if it's resonating just by looking at where sales are tracking. Um, and if the audience and viewership has been increased, so that's kind of easy, easy pickings. Um, but also, you know, seeing when we're presenting to our clients, our clients, clients, but our clients seeing as they engage across the room, you can, you know, you, you know, you know, instantly if, uh, if you're on the right track or not. And so, and that, I think that's the, the immediate challenge, uh, is, is getting that level of of buy-in and when that happens it's exciting mm -hmm. you can see their faces light up or, or something mm -hmm. like that yeah yeah typically i expect everyone to stand up and applause you know that's mm -hmm. you know that's you know uh you know or like blow the air horn when they've they've met approval you know really uh, important stages or crying crying's nice yeah <laughs> we love it when they weep we just want them to weep <laughs> Yeah, but we just get like, yes, it's nice. It's very unsat. It's not very satisfying. We, we, I like the foghorn. The foghorn for approval. Yes, the foghorn. That's it. That's what we get. Okay, in do you, is, has there been a client in your boardroom that has literally blown an air horn when you've? No. Okay. No. One day. <laughs> One day. You guys. We've had tears. We've had tears, but uh, uh, both of joy and, and and disappointment. We've gotten both. So yeah. That's part yeah. of the journey. It is, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah. what is something that you are struggling with in your design career right now? Mm, uh, deciphering what's important and what's not. In yeah. what sense? Oh, well, where are we going to put some more of our efforts to learn? And, and, mm -hmm. and what, I mean, with, 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 the, with everything changing and moving um, and evolving, it's sometimes hard to recognize what new technology is worth investing in, what isn't, yeah. uh, where to be early adopters and where to come on, 
you know, a little later in the game when things have already been vetted out. For a classic example, a new OS upgrade on, on your system. I'm not going to be the first one that downloads that thing. I'm Never. not. Never. No. Let everyone else have the pain of that. But eventually, when it's been out long enough, then we'll eventually, you know, upgrade. Um, so there are some things we've learned to just let everyone else be the early adopters of what came in late. And there are some things you miss the boat on if, mm -hmm. if you're too it. So I think for us, that is something that we're always cognizant of. Like, where do we, what do, we, what train do we jump on early and which one do we let sort of let, let them, because we can't jump on everything early. It's no. just not enough. It's not enough bandwidth for that, especially for a boutique firm like ours. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to stay with sort of the, the struggle and the, and the rough story side first before turning this train around. Yeah. Um, but take us to a design or project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. What did that feel like? And mm. Well, I think I have selective memory and anything that's really negative. Yeah. Uh, I try really hard to forget. Um, so, um, so I, I, I want to say that I've never done anything, never done anything that was, it was a failure ever. Of course not. <laughs> no, uh, 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 so, um, yeah, I mean, we've had sticker parties, uh, for and report covers where, uh, there's a typo, uh, in silver foil on the cover. And so we had to figure out how to fix that when the AGMs tomorrow, uh, that, that's not, yeah, that's not a successful outcome, mm -hmm. even though it turned out okay. Um, yeah, it turns out okay cool. how you address yeah. it, but in the yeah. moment, your heart stops for a bit. Yeah, for sure. So there, there's instances like that. There's, uh, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, but I do, honestly, I try and put those behind us. Yeah, don't dwell on them. So I, I don't have many good ones, that, you know. Uh, but there are, uh, trust me, there are a million mistakes. I've, yeah. I've made far more mistakes than I've had successes, 100%. No, just what you said about the silver foil thing, many, mm -hmm. many listeners' heart just stopped and they recalled their own experiences <laughs> exactly. of a hard copy report yeah. due tomorrow in yeah. their hands. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah sure. um, so I'm going to turn the bus around to the other side. What's a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of? Um, one that makes your heart sing or the biggest design feather in your cap? Mm, I think the, the one I can think of recently is uh, a campaign that we've done for the Vancouver Writers Festival. Mm -hmm. uh, it involved our entire studio. Um, it's one of those team projects where every designer were, did, did an illustration. It's all within a silhouette. It's all around the concept of, of as readers of literature, we all see it and interpret it differently. Yep. Um, and so we tried to capture that, uh, that mindset of how readers are interpreting the world. And, um, and so of course, since we all see things differently, we have different designers designing and illustrating different topics of literature or different books uniquely. And so we've had two years of that campaign out there. And I, I think it's one that brings a great deal of joy to our, our studio. Yeah. That's cool. That's a great one. And um, what I found in doing these interviews is it's, you know, amazing how, you know, a, a childhood or a w way somebody was brought up or something they were shown or taught, um, you know, younger can shape their worldview. And then mm -hmm. what you just talked about, you know, everybody interpreting the illustrations a little bit differently based on their worldview is so true. 
Yeah, it is. It is. And and I, I think there's something, and for us having to capture that and figuring that out, I, I think there's something that, um, yeah, there's something around that that we really enjoy. It's not a, you know, big, uh, glamorous, uh, uh, highly noted project, but for one, it, it was one that we had this collective sense of, of cracking that, that together that was really enjoyable. Yeah. Oh, that's a great one. Um, so what's one piece of advice that you would offer to a new design grad looking to make their mark in the industry? Oh, work hard. Yeah, for sure. Work hard. Keep going. Um, it's not the, you know, it's, it's, um, keep learning, keep, stay hungry, stay curious. Um, when you think you've got it figured out, reinvent yourself, start over. Um, I think we can find success in formula and when you've got a formula as a designer, it's your path to death, um, and lack of learning and, and, and huck yourself off a cliff every now and again to say that, and I don't mean that physically, I mean, just, no. you know, <laughs> metaphorically, not literally. <laughs> yes, please, <laughs> this is not advice. Don't huck yourself off a cliff. Uh, but yeah, huck yourself off of that, that, that place where you feel that you've got it dialed. You figured this stuff out because you haven't start yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, the last question I have for you here is what is one design product tool, website or community that you just could not live without? I think I mentioned it earlier, my Mac, as much as I hate being glued to it, mm-hmm. it is my conduit for exercising the stuff that's in my head. Yep. Um, and, um, and it's a love-hate relationship because it's a tool that I use to uh, to uh, to experiment and design. It, it is. And there's a lot of things we do analog and with spray paint and cutting and do some things we do, but basically it's my tool to sort of explore. And yet it's also this horrible thing because it gives me all my email and Slack and base camp notifications that it won't shut up. Uh, it's it's <laughs> love hate. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And what system are you are running? You're, is it iMac or? Yeah. So I'm, I'm on a power book um, and, or a MacBook pro and, I don't know. I don't even know the OS. It's up to date. I want to say it's up to date, but who knows? Maybe, maybe there's one that came out two weeks ago, and it's, maybe it's not. I don't know. Yeah, it's, sure. it's always you know that gives you the notifications up there. It's time to update your Mac. I just say not now. Yeah. Remind me tomorrow. Remind Every me day. Tomorrow. Remind me tomorrow. Yeah, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. <laughs> Sean, um, I wanted to thank you so much for your time. That's the end of my questions here. Excellent. Thank you. That was fun. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Quickie Podcast today. I really appreciate your time and listening to this episode. Please, if you are a graphic designer or illustrator, art director, I'd love to have you on the show and hear more about your story. Head to thequickiepodcast.com, fill out that form, and we will be in touch. Everybody have a fantastic Sunday. Talk to you tomorrow.